being a naturalist is just love. It's just loving this planet that we're on, the place that you find yourself in and caring about it. Hi, everyone. Meet Michelle Fulner. She's my guest on this episode. Michelle created and hosts one of my favorite podcasts, The Golden State Naturalist. I heard somebody refer to the program during a conversation recently, so I started listening, and holy cow, it's good. It's one of those podcasts where the host, in this case Michelle, takes you along for a ride, a sort of a virtual field trip in every episode, and along the way, she introduces us to some really interesting people. And brace yourself, she teaches you a lot. And it doesn't even hurt because Michelle's sense of wonder sort of takes over everything. So I reached out, and she graciously agreed to tell me about her program, how she became a naturalist, and how the podcast came to be. Hey, thanks for joining me, Michelle. Let's start with this. Who are you? I'm Michelle Fulner, and I am an English teacher, actually. <laughs> so I grew up as like a nature kid just kind of always outside, my family would be doing something and then they'd look around and I'd be gone. Right. And it was this kind of thing where uh, I would freak them out. And so I, but they would go looking around for me and they'd find me, you know, 15, 20 feet off the trail behind some boulder, looking under a rock or picking up sticks or whatever, looking at bugs, digging up soap roots, you know, just all of that. And then as I got older, the, the hard sciences biology didn't make a lot of sense to me. I didn't understand why we need to learn about mitosis, you know, out of the context of like how that makes an animal work. Right. And so I kind of got lost on that and I, I couldn't bring myself to care in a vacuum about those kinds of things. So I pursued my other interest, which was reading and writing and um, ended up going to school for English, becoming an English teacher, got my master's in that and um, been teaching High school, middle and high school English for the past 10 years. And then this year, I just moved into teaching adult ed. You know, it occurs to me that not everybody listening may know really what a naturalist is. In fact, I met somebody last year while I was out in the field with my camera gear. I was photographing assassin bugs on the flowers of Queen Anne's lace. I explained that I'm a naturalist, and she raised an eyebrow jokingly and said, so why are you wearing clothes? So I had to explain <laughs> the difference between a naturist and a naturalist. So let me ask you, what is a naturalist? A naturalist, you know, the definition of a naturalist is somebody who learns through observation in nature, right? Paying attention and looking at things in that the natural world. Which makes me think of John Muir Laws, who is a naturalist here in California, nature journaler, amazing, amazing guy. And he says, and I think I'm not sure if this is his original quote or if he's borrowing this from someone else, but he says it a lot. Love is sustained, compassionate attention. Because if you pay attention to something for a long time and you're compassionate and you're consistent, that is loving something, right? Love in an actionable sort of a way. And then I was thinking about how those two things fit together, how being a naturalist and observing, right? Learning through observation fits together with sustained, compassionate attention. And I see a ton of overlap there. And so to me, ultimately, if you define love that way, being a naturalist is just love. It's just loving this planet that we're on, the place that you find yourself in and caring about it. So like me, you were always the nature kid, right? Looking under rocks, rolling over logs, all that sort of thing. And then you went off to study English. And I assume you sort of left the biologist or the naturalist in you behind. When did it come back? 
Well, I think that for me, it kind of goes back to your first question about just who I am, right? And being that nature kid who ended up doing something totally different and reading books for a living and teaching other people how to critically read books. I had never quite found a way back to that other part of myself, how to connect with the natural world. And when I saw this advertisement for the California Naturals Program through an, a local nature center, I jumped. I was like, I don't even know what that is, but it is speaking to me. I need to do it. And so I just Googled it. I'm like learning a little bit about it. And it is a 10 week long program where you go every week for like a three hour long class. You're studying different topics within ecology and geology and, you know, hydrology and natural history. And, and you just get this big overview of the natural world here in California from everything from kind of how was this place formed to what lives here and who lives here now and and um how do the native people use it there's a little bit about that and and so it it encapsulates a lot of information which i really love cuz i love big picture so it gives you this great big picture of of nature in california and i think that other naturalist programs in different states do the same thing you know in their own local regions as well so you graduated from the program really jazzed and then you had a realization. Yeah, exactly like you guessed. I mean, I went through the California Naturalist program. And out of that 10 weeks, it was coming down to the wire. I had already done my capstone project. I had gone out and collected acorns and learned about oak, tree, oak trees locally. And um, those are acorns that were used for restoration projects here in Sacramento and restoring urban canopies and things like that. As the program was winding down, I started to get a little bit panicked. It's like, this is going to go back to not being part of my everyday life. And I, I can't let that happen because I just got this back, right? Like I just got back in touch with this part of myself that has, that I've not been in as close to touch with as I would like to over the past, you know, 25, 30 years. And so I was thinking about it. I was like, well, maybe there's a podcast I can find and I can listen about this. And I started looking and there's some great nature podcasts out there, but none of them were exactly the thing I was looking for, right? Like California based and big picture topics in ecology and wildlife, all those kinds of things. And I was like, well, I could, I could start one, right? Like, no, yeah, yeah, I could start one. <laughs> so, so I went through this sort of tug of war with myself, like, you can't do that. Why not? And then I said, you know what? Nobody has to listen to it. If they don't like it, I'm still going to make it. And people who like it can find it. Let's talk for a minute about the kind of things you cover on the podcast. And actually, I'd like you to talk a bit about the style of the program because you don't just give a lecture on, I don't know, acorns and how they're used to reestablish oak forests in California. Your program is actually kind of physical. Yeah. So I like to go out actually into the natural world. That was a big part of it for me is like, like I said before, not wanting to lose touch with that that newly reestablished connection. And so it was, okay, how do I find an expert and get them to take me into the woods, <laughs> right? Or into the desert or wherever and, and have them tell me about what they're seeing. And because I want to deepen that relationship with this place where I live that I love. So what I've, what I do is I go out in nature with people. And so like with a geologist or with a beaver biologist, or, you know, there's multiple different topics where I've gone out to actually try to see the thing we're talking about. So we do a segment first where we just kind of walk around, we make observations, then we find a log 
or we find a bench or someplace we sit down and we have a full interview conversation right there in the field. And so we pick up bird noise or airplane noise along the way, whatever it may be. Usually it's good nature noise. Sometimes there's, um, you know, undesired noises too. And we're, we're pausing and we're waiting for the plane to go by before we start recording again. Uh, but yeah, that's the general structure and it's a ton of fun. Okay. You have one season in the can. Congratulations. Give me a sense of some of the episodes you've done so far. I'm doing 12 episode seasons. I completely arbitrarily decided on that number. It just seemed like more than 10 seemed good, but not too many. So 12 episodes and I've gone and I've done episodes on the first one. Like I said, was geology. And then I learned about salmon because they're a keystone species. Uh, vernal pools, which I had never even heard of before my California naturalist certification, coyotes, beavers, uh, a place called conglomerate Mesa, which is in the Mojave desert. And so there's Joshua trees and, you know, all kinds of interesting desert ecology there. So yeah, that's sort of a bit of a spectrum. Oh, oak trees, giant sequoias. So lots of, uh, lots of fun. I try to incorporate as much variety as possible. And it's been a ton of fun making those. So you've now had the opportunity to tramp all over the California landscape. And by the way, I know from living out there for decades that there isn't a California landscape. There are lots of California landscapes, beach, desert, grassland, prairie, high Sierra, estuary, old growth forest, redwood and fir forests that make old growth look juvenile. And along the way, you've had some really cool experiences, I know, because I've listened to the podcasts. Any favorites? Okay, how long do you want me to talk? <laughs> I could go on for a while about this. It has been so much fun. I've I've released 13 episodes because I've done, you know, the first 12. And then one is out for season two. But I've also recorded another like eight or nine already. So it has been so much fun. I've gotten to climb up beaver dams, which are made out of very sharp sticks. I don't know if everybody knows that. But when beavers cut those sticks, they it, it looks like a person has made a spear. Right. And then they stack them all up. And so you climb up a beaver dam and it's sort of this perilous experience. And um, getting to do that and just hear bird song in the beaver wetland and then getting to camp under Joshua trees under this big, beautiful, dark desert sky. And so many experiences scooping out the water from vernal pools and looking at all the life teeming inside of it. And one of my favorites was actually local here in Sacramento. I had gone out to do an interview at the same place where I got my certification for CalNAT, which was FEA Nature Center. And we were doing a coyote episode and we were walking around and we knew that there were coyote pups around and um, we we're walking on the trail and we see this little tiny tail. There's no way it's like a, a little pencil tail sticking up and we're like, oh, baby coyote. Right. And so we're like trying to trying to keep an eye on it and it ducks away, you know, into the tall grass and we lost sight of it. But then few minutes later, we're doing our interview and we're sitting here talking about coyotes. We know they're really close by because we had seen that pup and um, a plane flies over and all the coyotes go nuts. They all started singing at the top of their voices at this plane, right? And they were right next to us. And it was amazing because you couldn't see them at all, right? They're in this tall grass and here they are. Couldn't have been more than like, 20, 30 feet away from us with how loud they were. So we just decided to join in. We're like, you know what? We're going for it. So we just sang at the, we sang at the uh, airplane too. And just, it's just, you know, fun 
spontaneous moments like that where you're interacting and you're just playing. And I think that that has been, you know, that particular experience, but also what that represents is just a good time. Having a good time is a big part of the passion that you clearly have for what you're doing here. Let me ask you this. What's your message? I mean, why does all this matter? Mary Oliver said it really well. And it was, what was the title? Advice for Living a Life. Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell about it. If you're paying attention to the natural world, you're going to be astonished. If you open yourself up at all, right? You're going to be astonished because it's incredible. And then to tell about it. And I think too, my message is, is, Yes, do that with the natural world, but also with anything that speaks to you, right? And keep telling about it until you find the people who want to hear about it, because that also leads to incredible community. I've gotten to meet cool people like you, you know, and I've gotten to meet all of my guests who I never would have talked to. These people would never have entered my life. And now my life is so enriched because I'm paying attention, being astonished and telling about it. It's so true. Every time I produce a new episode of my own podcast, I learn a lot. But truthfully, the real gift is the people that I get to meet, like you. So your formula is working because you're now well into season two. How's that going? And what have you covered so far on what's coming? Oh, man, I, it is so much. There are so many things. I actually had the opportunity to go down to L.A. because I live in Sacramento and um, drove down to L.A. I did four days there and I did five interviews in those four days. So just busted it out, went to the La Brea tar pits, got to climb down into one of their active archaeological uh, sites and got to see where they actually extract fossils from the tar. And it was scary because I'm like climbing down this ladder that is clearly, you know, for paleontologists and not for regular people. Like you're supposed to probably have signed a waiver before you go down there. And um, so I got to do that. So that's going to be coming out. Um, I've got one on monarchs because I wanted to hit peak season monarch season to be able to see them for that. The first episode was on fire ecology at an area that's burned twice in the past 10 years. And so what's what species are coming back? What's going on? What what do we need from fire in the West? What's our relationship with fire? What has it been historically? What does fire do for us? Why do we actually why is it vital to life forms here that are adapted fire adapted landscapes? Those are a few of them. I've got one on dark desert skies that's going to be coming out this season, why dark skies are important. There's a few on native plants from how to grow them from seed to just what they are and why they're important. So yeah, it's a, it's a big variety. Here's a question that I love to ask other producers. How do you come up with your topics? I have a huge list. It's a Google Doc. And I, don't, I shouldn't figure out how many items are on it, but it is pages long of possible topics. But really, I just every time I notice something or think about something in nature, I think, huh, that'd be a great topic for an episode. And I add it to my list, right? And then when I actually go to make those episodes, it's a matter of a few things. So one of the things I really think about a lot, I kind of mentioned this, is a balance between general and specific, right? Like I want it to be general enough to be relatable to a lot of people, like oak trees, right? Just about everybody knows what an oak tree is to some extent, right? And can have a relationship with an oak tree, but also specific enough to where it's not, we're not talking about all trees, right? We're talking about the specific type. And um, there's a number of species within that group and um, how those are ecologically important. They're a keystone plant, right? So 
it's a it's a balancing act of general and specific. I do try to think about also seasons as a package. And so I try to think of, I want a lot of variety within a season. I want there to be something on animals. I want there to be something on plants. I want there to be something on, you know, maybe some sort of natural feature or a bigger ecosystem, like a desert, something like that. It's sort of just a big puzzle. And I try to consider a few different factors when I go through. And then it's also just, what am I most interested in? Where do I want to go? And who do I find a great guest? You know, what topic do I find a great guest for? Here's a kind of an off the wall question for you. Let's assume that I just finished listening to an episode or maybe even the first season of the Golden State Naturalist podcast. If you, Michelle, could wave your Hermione Granger magic wand over my head and change something as a result of my having listened, what would it be? What kind of a spell would you cast? I think it's a healing spell. I'm waving my wand to try to help repair a relationship. Because I see humans as part of the ecosystem and in relationship with the planet, whether we realize it or not. So when we talk about nature, we're talking about ourselves too, right? And we're talking about all living things and everything that's on the planet. And it would be seeing if you go outside into an area that maybe has less human contact in it, or even, even an urban area, and you look around and you're actually seeing life all around you and you're seeing your relationship with the place where you are and having that be healed through that awareness. One of my goals from the beginning has been if, if somebody goes on a hike, I want them to be able to look at something. I want them to look at that oak tree and say, I know something about that. I know why that tree is important. And I'm, I'm proud that I know that about that tree. And knowing that about that tree helps me have a relationship with this place. Final thoughts? No matter where you live, you can do this. Right. And that was part of my design with going to L.A. That's our biggest urban center in California, second largest in the nation. And there is so much ecology all around. You can look out your door. You can look out your window. You can walk out around the block on the most urban block. And you can become connected with the planet that we live on right there. My friend Michelle Fulner, the creator and host of the Golden State Naturalist podcast. My only comment, Michelle, is that I wish you could show a little more passion for your subject matter. I'm kidding. Obviously, it comes off of you in waves, and it's infectious. Thank you for your time. It's love, man. You get a connection with the place, and, and it's like you, sometimes you got to hug it. I wouldn't hug a Joshua tree, but, <laughs> but a giant sequoia, I would, you know, you can't hug it, really, but you can pat it. Hey, thanks for dropping by. I'm Steve Shepard, the host of the Natural Curiosity Project, where we're committed to the idea that curiosity leads to discovery, discovery leads to knowledge, knowledge leads to insight, and insight leads to understanding. In every episode, we explore some topic that piqued our curiosity enough to make us want to share it with you. I hope you enjoy the journey. And if you did, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave a comment over at iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you very much. We'll see you in the next episode.